This is People Every Day. Coming up, the ongoing fallout from the Texas abortion ban, including news that abortion doctor Alan Braid has been sued for breaking the new laws. Plus, Ben Affleck gushes about J-Lo. Tom Ford's husband, Richard Buckley, dies at age 72. And Dancing with the Stars kicks off with a bang. It's September 21st. Hello out there. This is People Every Day. I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein, and it is Tuesday. One thing everyone is talking about from last night is the Dancing with the Stars premiere. It did not disappoint. Even my husband, who doesn't watch, found himself catching up on performances as they went around online. So Jojo Siwa and her partner, Jenna Johnson, who are the first ever same-sex pair, took home the highest score of the night. But also NBA star Iman Shumpert, or Shump, as he's nicknamed, shocked everyone with his jive with partner Daniela Karagach. That man can dance, okay? So can she. <laughs> and then there was Olivia Jade, partnered with Val Shmerkovsky. More than her performance, though, something she said last night has garnered a lot of attention. She said, I'm probably best known for being an influencer. And she is an influencer and has long been one. But some folks online were quick to point out that the whole college application scandal that she and mom Lori Laughlin and dad Massimo Giannulli we're all caught up in is probably more top of mind for folks these days. Uh, lastly, I have to mention Amanda Klutz, who's partnered with Alan Burstyn. She said that Dancing with the Stars is a way for her to, quote, find myself again, referring to her life after losing husband Broadway star Nick Cordero to COVID last year. She said performing again is helping her feel his presence every day. Well, speaking of love and loss, designer Tom Ford's husband, Richard Buckley, has died at the age of 72. Reportedly, it happened on Sunday from natural causes after a long illness. Ford and Buckley, who was a renowned fashion writer and editor, uh, got married in 2014, but were together a total of 35 years. According to a statement, he passed away peacefully with Tom and their son Jack by his side. Condolences to them both. On a happier note, this next bit of news is pretty sweet and coming from none other than Ben Affleck, who is gushing over girlfriend Jennifer Lopez and the impact that she's had on the world. He opened up to Adweek, and I'll just read it. He says, quote, I am in awe of what Jennifer's effect on the world is. At most, as an artist, I can make movies that move people. Jennifer has inspired a massive group of people to feel they have a seat at the table in this country. That that is an effect few people throughout history have had, one I will never know, and one I can only stand by and admire with respect. So sweet. I love a doting boyfriend who gets it. <laughs> All right. Now, folks, it's time to dig into a topic that is so important and making so many headlines right now, the effects of the Texas abortion ban. It was national news when two weeks ago an abortion ban went into effect in the state of Texas. Whether you were for or against the ban, there was a sense of disbelief across the nation that it was actually passed. This law prohibits women from getting an abortion after about six weeks of pregnancy. Additionally, there is a civil issue as well. The law allows citizens to sue anyone who helps a woman get, get an abortion. It's just, it's still shocking to say it. Um, and this just happened to Dr. Alan Braid in San Antonio, who performed an abortion following the law going into effect. People's Health Editor Sheila Bayless is on with me now to give the details of what happened in this case. 
Two civil suits have been filed against Dr. Alan Braid, a San Antonio physician who stepped forward last week to say he performed an abortion on September 6th for a woman who was in her first trimester but beyond the state's new limit of six weeks. Dr. Braid wrote in a Washington Post op-ed that the woman has a fundamental right to receive this care. He said that he fully understood that there could be legal consequences, but wanted to make sure that, quote, Texas didn't get away with its bid to prevent this blatantly unconstitutional law from being tested. The plaintiff in the first suit is Oscar Stilley, a felon in Arkansas who's serving his federal sentence at home. He said he filed the claim after reading a news story about Dr. Braid, and in part because of the at least $10,000 he could receive if the lawsuit is successful. He's got no direct connection to the abortion in question and doesn't claim to have strong views on the abortion issue. He said he's not pro-life and doesn't want to stop Dr. Braid from performing abortions. Still, he's a former attorney who describes himself in the complaint as disbarred and disgraced. He was convicted of tax fraud in 2010 and sentenced to 15 years. He did claim to CBS on Monday that his suit is an attempt to speed up the process of having the new law reviewed by the courts. The second suit was filed by Felipe Gomez, a pro-choice man in Chicago who wants the law to be declared unconstitutional, and he does not seek any monetary reward. Wow. Thank you, Sheila, so much for breaking that down for us. Well, I'm in California. My producer is in New York, and we see these headlines flashed across our computer screens, and we're shocked. But what's it really like on the ground in Texas? What's it like for women who found out that they were pregnant this month? Anna Rupani from Fun Texas Choice, an organization that helps women who are seeking abortion-related services, is here to talk about it. Anna, before we get into specifics, how has Texas's abortion ban affected your organization? Yeah, um, I think when we were prepping for September 1st, I, we were we were all confused as to what it would mean and what we thought would be an uptick of maybe a couple of calls to a handful of calls a week um, turned out to be literally what we would get in one week on one day. So normally we'd get 10 to 15 calls a week and we were getting, we're still getting 10 to 15 calls a day right now um, from folks trying to get out of the state to get abortion access. We're working around the clock. Um, we went from eight to 10 hour days to 12 to 16 hour days days trying to respond to the increased need, but it's been pretty tough down here. Oh my gosh. So I'm hoping you can just give us some insight into what people are feeling on the ground. It sounds like there's a real sense of desperation. You know, I think it's easy to forget how dire the situation is, especially in other parts of the country where abortion access is legal. <laughs> there's definitely desperation and frustration and fear and also franticness about what's happening. Our clients are unclear whether they'll be able to get to where they need to get, whether they'll be able to get time off of work, whether they'll be able to find childcare in time. So there's all of the kind of factors that um, they have to think about in their everyday lives that they have to accommodate for. On, and then on top of that, try to figure out how to travel. You know, it's day 21 of the worst anti-abortion ban that we've seen. And we have so many stories on what's happening to clients. We immediately saw the effects, I think, within three hours of September 1st's business day, um, where we had a client who went to a clinic on August 31st. And she had to get... Um, 
a vaginal sonogram and required by Texas. So she had her sonogram and there wasn't any um, cardiac fetal embryonic activity. And then um, she was required to wait the 24 hour waiting period because yet another restrictive law. And so she waited, went back to the clinic on September 1st. They did another sonogram and found out that she had cardiac embryonic fetal activity and was told she could no longer access an abortion in Texas within the first few hours of this law being enacted. So that's just one example of the many that we've seen. Our sister friend um, at Frontera, they had one client travel 15 hours through the night from the Rio Grande Valley to Kansas to get an abortion. And she put all her kids in her car and went because that's when she got her appointment. So we're seeing some pretty rough stories that are happening um, and we're doing everything to help them access care. But even we're at limited capacity because we're just the staff of two. And although we're increasing in size in October, um, you know, 10 to 15 calls a day is a lot. Next up, more with Anna Rupani on the state of women's rights when it comes to abortions in Texas. Stick around. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam where Wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. There are obviously other anti-abortion measures in adjacent states. Are you concerned about bans in places like Mississippi and Louisiana? And, and how much of a ripple effect will this have? Yeah, we're definitely watching them. And we're also, this is something that's been a hot topic for a bunch of the organizations in Texas and kind of in the South. And part of the reason that's happening is because we're hearing that other organiza- other states want to see how long this plays out and can they create just as restrictive laws. Um, We're also talking to other state orgs like New York where care is easy to access, but will it be easy to access if other states outside of Texas start banning abortion? And that's the reality, right? I think in Oklahoma, um, for the last three weeks, most of the patients at a couple of Oklahoma clinics have only been Texans. So that means you're forcing Oklahomans out of their state, unfortunately, because that's the first place Texans are going to get care. And this is just going to create um, a chilling and trickle-down effect of where folks are going. And so if the entire South bans Texas, like it is going to affect the entire nation. And do you think this law has forced more women to carry unwanted pregnancies to term. Yes, I I don't think that's um I don't think that's a speculation. I think that's fact um because um if you think about kind of how vast Texas is, you have to also think about its location. And so we have several undocumented folks that live at the border. Um, And if anyone understands immigration or knows anything about immigration at the border, um, what ends up happening is 
undocumented folks can't leave their 100-mile radius from the border because if they were to, they would get detained um, and be put into immigration detention uh, for being undocumented. And so undocumented folks, if they don't find out before six weeks that they're pregnant, the likelihood is is they can't leave um, to get care. And if they can't leave to get care, they will be forced to carry these pregnancies to term or take matters into their own hands, um, which is what we don't want. But that's the reality of the situation. And then when you think about young people, Texas requires anyone under the age of 18 to get parental consent. Um, And if a parent isn't going to consent, they have to get a judicial bypass. And if they have to get a judicial bypass, that requires going to court. And it could be well beyond the six-week mark of the pregnancy. Um, And they would still potentially need a guardian or someone to go with them out of state. So you're going to see, you're going to see many pregnant folks be forced to carry their pregnancy to term, even though that's not what they want. That's, it's incredible. Are you worried about someone filing a lawsuit against your organization or or you personally? Yeah, so yes. Is there a chance that we could be sued? Um, Of course. Um, But we're complying with the law. The law says that someone can't get an abortion in Texas beyond um, embryonic fetal cardiac activity, which we're not doing. If someone even remotely has that, we will send them out of state to get care. But that doesn't mean that the law isn't vague and as you can see, anyone can sue in this lawsuit. Um, so someone from Illinois or Arkansas or anyone can sue. Um, so we would be forced to defend ourselves um, in these lawsuits. And um, there have been things online where it says, we're going to focus on suing organizations and individuals that are sending Texans to get care out of state. So we are fearful that there's going to be you know, lawsuits coming our way and we're fearful that we're going to be harassed by it. But ultimately, for us, our mission is to serve Texans in access care and to get comprehensive and holistic practical support services so they can get to the care they need. And so it's either we exist or we don't. That was Anna Rupani from Funding Texas Choice on the fallout of the Texas abortion ban. For more on this story, head over to people.com. And now, something to make you smile. If you haven't heard already, it's the 21st day of September. And you know what that means. Tonight is the 21st night of September. (laughs) That makes it Earth, Wind, and Fire Day, baby. The 1978 hit song, September, peaked at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. It's certified gold. And as of 2017, over 2 million units of the song have been sold. I know my in-laws, Mama Dia and Papa Phil, are dancing along because they are uber fans. And it's been a hit from generation to generation across the globe because, well, good music is just timeless and classic. I will talk to you all tomorrow. Tomorrow. 